Isn't the sun amazing? Isn't the sun amazing? If you hollowed out the sun and filled it with planet Earths, somewhere around 960,000 Earths would fit in. If you squashed them all together, you made the Earth squashable so that you could really cram them in, it would be 1.3 million Earths could fit in the sun. How did I figure that out? Some much more intelligent people than me have figured that out. <laughs> and I'm taking their best uh, estimate. As you can see here, this is Earth. This is sort of roughly to scale, not the distances between them, but this is Earth, and that's the sun. Isn't the sun amazing? The surface area of the sun is almost 12,000 times the surface area of the Earth. That's fascinating, isn't it? I don't know if you like that sort of thing. I really, I quite enjoy space stuff. Uh, Sci-fi is sort of, I really enjoy anything that's set in space. Could be rubbish, but I quite enjoy it. Um, but our sun is brilliant. And then you compare it to other stars. So this is our sun up here, this little dot. And this is lots of other stars that are smaller than the sun. And then this is Rigel, which sounds a bit like Nigel, so I quite like that one. Um, this is Cirrus, which is a bit bigger than our sun, but smaller than Rigel. There's Pollux in between. And then this red line is not just like a fancy design. This curve is called Betelgeuse, and it's this huge star. That's our sun up there, that tiny little thing compared to some other stars. And our star is just part of a thing called the Milky Way, which is here pictured. And all of these little specks, they're stars, like our sun. Some are bigger, some are smaller, but they're stars. All of them there. And in the Milky Way, it's estimated, and this is a very big estimate, if your builder estimated to this, like this to you, you'd be worried, there's between 100 and 400 billion stars. So quite a wide margin of error, but there's, there's a lot of stars in the Milky Way. This is the Whirlpool Galaxy. That's pretty cool looking, isn't it? There's 100 billion stars, they reckon, in the Whirlpool Galaxy. And then this is the Andromeda Galaxy, which has one trillion stars, as the best estimate. Why does this matter? Exactly. <laughs> Why does this matter? Because in Genesis 1.16, it says, he also made the stars. Speaking of God, he also made the stars. Psalm 147 that says that he determines the number of stars and gives to them all their names. We think we've named these stars. God has given them their names. We aren't God. It's important to know that we aren't God. We heard this morning we were sort of worshipping God and a message was coming through. He is awesome and we're less than. But we can be carried along by his power. We aren't God. Do you know there's a trillion stars in the Andromeda galaxy you couldn't even count to a billion out loud before you died? <laughs> Don't even try it. You might think, oh, maybe I could do that. If, if it took a second to count every number, 
it would take 31.7 years. There's only one preacher here, Dan. Um, <laughs> but most of the numbers, most of the numbers you say wouldn't take a second. If you tried to say 1,562,341, it's going to take you longer than a second. And so actually, the best estimate, um, a guy did it by syllable of numbers. So how many syllables are in each number? And then how long does it take the per average person to speak a syllable? And it was something like, he was being generous, so he said maybe six syllables a second. He worked it out. This guy, he came up with 136 years. Now, there's sort of variations in that math slightly. But most people agree, if you somehow knew, if Benjamin was born knowing numbers and able to speak, speaking out loud, he would die before he counted out loud to a billion. You can go and look it up if you're, you're not interested. If you're interested, rather. If you're not interested, you're probably bored already. But the point is, we aren't God. We aren't God. We can't even count to a billion. And he knows the names of the stars. We are creatures of dust. Genesis 2 verse 7 says, From the dust God formed the man. And, from, and Psalm 90 verse 3 says, We will return to the dust. Dust to dust. That's where that comes from. We are limited in power and capacity. Even if you are an exceptionally strong human being or got loads of energy, you are limited in power and capacity. But we have work to do, don't we? We've got stuff to do. Maybe it's not counting to a billion out loud, but there's work to do, and work is good. Work is good. In Genesis 2.15, this is before sin has entered the world, God puts the man in the garden. He says, I've put you here to work and tend the garden. There was purpose to existence. The first job a human had was a gardener. The first work of the human race was to glorify God in stewarding creation well. Maybe that's why people love their gardens so much. I don't really understand that, but some people love their gardens, don't they? It's like so manicured, the lawns, just like perfect squares and... It does look quite cool when there's all the different designs on it, but I don't really get it. But we, work is good, but what are we working for? I wonder if you've been sold the lie, the lie that says what you're working for is to own your own home, to retire at 65 and not have to work, and then have a sort of, what to your existence? wonder if you've been sold that lie. That's not why we work. That's not what work was designed for. Work is good as long as we're doing the work that God has created us for and doing it to glorify him. C.S. Lewis said this about work. The work of a Beethoven and the work of a charwoman, which means a housekeeper, become spiritual on precisely the same condition, that of being offered to God, of being done humbly as to the Lord. A lady called Dorothy Sayers said this, the approach to an intelligent carpenter, the church's approach to an intelligent carpenter is usually confined to encouraging him not to be drunk and disorderly in his leisurely hours and to come to church on a Sunday. 
What the church should be telling him is this, that the very first demand that Christianity makes upon him is that he should make good tables. Whatever job you have, whatever work you do, your first priority as a follower of Jesus Christ is to do that job well, to the best of your ability. I work full-time for the church, but my job is not any more glorifying to God than yours is. There's many Christian leaders who, not necessarily just in churches, but they, they, they want to be a Christian leader or they've got that job because it strokes their ego and that's their motivation rather than they want to serve God. Any job done humbly as to the Lord is worship to God. So work is good, but work is broken. We see that in Genesis, part of the fall, God says, the ground is going to produce thistles for you. Work is going to be hard rather than rewarding in the way that it should have been. We also see that in today's 24-7 work culture. These wonderful things that we have in our pockets that mean that we can get emails at two in the morning when our boss who's working at two in the morning wants to send them to us. I've had people come to me and say, I just don't know how to, to deal with it. Got to set some boundaries. But work is, people will work themselves 24-7 because they're looking for something to fulfill them. And so this morning, this morning we're going to look at what God intended before work was broken, before work was even broken. Before sin had entered the world, God rested and created space for human beings to rest. God created a Sabbath rest for the world. He didn't need to rest. He wasn't tired from creation. He also made the stars. It was like, yeah, I'll make the stars as well. I might as well. He wasn't tired. He wasn't exhausted. But he rested from the work of creation. Jesus tells us that God created the Sabbath for human beings, not the other way around. It's meant to be a gift to us because we're created beings and we need proper rest, which means Sabbath and sleep. We live in an age of busyness. Busyness is worn like a badge of honour. The reality is God made you. God, this one's being a bit funny today. God made you, persons, people. God made time. And God made the work for you to do in time. So if you're too busy to rest, you're doing something you shouldn't be doing. Or you're working in a way that you shouldn't be working, like in your own strength instead of in God's. Ephesians 2 says that God has prepared good works in advance for us to walk in them. He knows you. He knows your frame. Psalm 103, he knows our frame frame. He knows how we're made. He knows that we are dust. He remembers it. He prepared good works in advance for you and he's allowing you the time to walk into them. So if you're too busy to do that in a way that honours God with rest, maybe you're doing the wrong thing. Psalm 127, I love this psalm. I read and pray it every Monday, uh, which I'll talk a little bit later on. 
But it says, unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. It is in vain that you rise up early and go late to rest, eating the bread of anxious toil. For he gives to his beloved sleep. Work is good, but proper rest is essential. Anxious toil, eating the bread of anxious toil, what that's saying is, I don't trust God. I don't trust God that he's given me the ability to get these things done. I don't trust God to make me fruitful in my work. Proper rest trains us to be humble and to trust God. And so I want to look at two elements of proper rest, which are sleep and Sabbath. Sleep and Sabbath train us to be humble and to trust God. So what is Sabbath? Well, the Old Testament is is where the Sabbath is uh, created and established, and it's part of the Ten Commandments. It says this, Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall do... You shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter, your male servant, your female servant, or your livestock, or the traveller who is among you. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth and the sea and all that is in them and rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Now, lots of people will debate about what does, this, what does the Sabbath mean? Does it, you know, should you, you know, not even flick on your light switches? Should you have you know, automatic dimmers that turn on, that kind of stuff. Which day should we observe it? I'm not going to get into all of that debate. I think that's the New Testament. I think we've got freedom to say, actually, this is my Sabbath time that I'm giving over to God. So it's a principle rather than uh, the sort of the rule of law, if you like, that we're talking about this morning. So Sabbath is not vegging out in front of the TV. That's not proper rest. It might be incorporated in it somewhere but if you if that's all you do that's not proper rest it's not collapsing in an exhausted heap and like oh i've just fallen down fallen asleep and i can't wake up until oh my alarm's gone off the next day that's it i'm back up i've slept for 24 hours because i haven't slept the rest of the week that is not proper sabbath and it's not being idle it's not just sort of lounging around thinking it's my Sabbath, I'm not going to do anything. I'll just, I'll just veg. It's, that's, not, that's not what proper Sabbath is. Because what Sabbath is for is, is to deliberately rest from God-given work so that we can give time, give over time to intentionally engage with the living God and enjoy the goodness of his creation for the purpose of reorienting ourselves regarding God and creation. It's taking time out of your God-given work to go, I'm, I need to just recover some energy and I need to reorient myself towards God. And so it's a, a significant chunk of time to do that. A guy called Jonathan Edwards, he would often uh, ride out to sort of a glade in the woods. He, you know, he was back in the days when you had horses and stuff. He would ride out and he would sit in a, you know, a clearing in the woods and he would look at creation. 
and he would think about God and he would contemplate these things. Some people say, I can't remember exactly where the quote comes from, but if you work with your hands, you should Sabbath with your mind. So if you're, you know, a labourer or something like that, then maybe reading a book or doing something that's a bit more sort of stimulating in that sense. Or if you work with your mind or you're sort of quite got a sedentary job, you should Sabbath with your hands, which is annoying for me because it means as I've got a job where I work on a computer that I've got no excuse for not doing the DIY jobs that are sort of undone around the house. But I know that that's important. That's, it's, it, that's a helpful way of looking at things sometimes. I know for me, actually, I quite enjoy I'm rubbish at it. I've said this before. I'm rubbish at woodwork, but I quite enjoy doing it because it forces me. I have to slow down. I have to take my time with this. It's teaching me something. Choosing to Sabbath and rest is a choice to honour God. We have a value in this church of honour. We say we want to build a culture of honour where we put Christ first, honouring him above all else through prayer and a life lived as worship. We say some other stuff as well, but it's a life lived as worship. And so to take a Sabbath rest is a way of honouring God. To say, actually, I trust you, Lord, that you're going to look after me. I'm not going to fret about my job security. I'm not going to fret that I've been sent an email at two in the morning and I haven't replied to it until nine o'clock the next day. I'm not going to fret that actually I'm going to get in trouble for that. I'm going to trust you, God. Monday is my Sabbath day at the moment. Uh, that may change the quality of my Monday, the quality of the rest is, of that rest is directly linked to whether I read through that psalm and pray it or not. Because I know the days that I don't do it, I end up responding to messages that I shouldn't really respond to. Whereas actually when I read Psalm 127, I say, unless the Lord builds the house, I'm labouring in vain. Unless, unless the Lord is building this church, it doesn't matter how hard I work. There's no point in me eating the bread of anxious toil. Stay up late, get up early, don't look after myself. Pound back the Red Bulls. It doesn't matter. Unless the Lord is working, nothing's going to get done. Unless the Lord is watching over us as a church family, what hope do we have? We're watching in vain. We're just watching the attack rather than being looked after. So on a Monday, I pray most Mondays, as much as I can, I pray in the morning, God, it's your church. I trust it to you. They're your people. I entrust them to you. And I try my very best to forget about you all. Um, <laughs> because for the rest of the week, I'm not. I'm praying for you. I'm seeking God for you. But it's important to have that time of, actually, I'm, I'm re reorienting myself. This is God's church. This is God's family. We're creatures of dust. We need Sabbath rests. As I said, there's often worn a badge of pride. Hi, my name's Busy. How you doing? Oh, I'm busy. Do you ever have that conversation? How's life? It's really, it's good, but it's busy. The Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. This isn't a heavy thing. This is me saying to you, hey, you can take some time out from your work. You can switch off 
and switch on to God for a bit. I'm conscious Andy's got to leave. <laughs> Andy's got to leave because he's got to go to work. <laughs> um, but oh, don't worry, I'll say later, we should work hard. So it's good, you're, you're covered, bro. Um, Mark 2 verse 27 says, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. I think we've confused being busy with working hard. I think that's what's happened. People used to say, oh, he's a hard worker. She's a hard worker. Now it's like, oh, they're they're really busy. They must be doing something. They must be working hard because they're busy. I would argue sometimes you're busy. One can be busy. I know often I'm I'm busy because I'm not very good at what I'm doing. I'm trying to do something and it's like, this is just, I'm not good at doing this. I need someone to help me. And then I can get this task done and move on to something else. But actually, this is taking up a lot of time because I'm, I'm not great at it. So it makes me busy because it's taking longer than it should do. We've confused being busy with working hard. At the end of Romans, Paul commends a number of people for their hard work. Romans 16, there's a list of individuals. He's saying, I commend to you, and he lists these people. He says, "Uh, Priscilla and Aquila, my fellow workers in Christ, who risked their necks for my life. Uh, Greet Mary, who has worked hard for you. Verse 9, greet Urbanus, our fellow worker, and my beloved, uh, yeah, my, my fellow worker. Verse 12, greet those workers in the Lord, Trifinia and Trifosa. Greet the beloved Persis who has worked hard in the Lord. Working hard is not a bad thing. That's a good thing. We should be hard workers as Christians. But I want to say we shouldn't be busy in the same way that the world is busy. Sabbath rest was made for our health physically. So we don't overwork ourselves or overwork those who are working for us. If you're in charge of some employees, you should be making sure that they're adequately resting. If you're a boss who emails at two in the morning and then you're annoyed because your employee hasn't responded by 2.30, you need to reorient your work philosophy. Sabbath is for our spiritual health. It combats pride, specifically the pride of self-sufficiency, and it creates space for us to focus on God. It'd be easy for me to sink multiple, multiple hours into serving you, and I do. It'd be easy for me to give up my Mondays, go, oh, there's this stuff that needs to be done. Actually, I know for my, my personal health, for the health of my family, I need to say, no, I'm protecting that bit of time. Sabbath rest is important. Additionally, sleep is important. Last time we were together, I talked to you about my uh, unique training regimen for God's service, for preparing myself. And I talked about taking cold showers. One of the other things that I didn't tell you about that I used to do was I used to train myself to not sleep. 
so I could do a whole night without sleeping whenever I wanted. And uh, I managed to do it. I got myself into a good position uh, being able to do that. And it actually served me well a couple of times in my life. There was a time we were at a youth camp and the whole thing got flooded out. And then they separated all the boys and girls because it was teenage boys and girls. And they said, you know, you can't sleep in the same room. Then we went to this other place. We got evacuated and they just dumped all these teenagers in the room. And so there was, must have been about 40 kids uh, of varying levels of teenage uh, ageness. Um, <laughs> and, and so my mum was part of the, sort of the team that was there, and she was going to stay awake to try and keep vigil to make sure no one misbehaved. And I said, don't worry, mum, I've got this. And so I just sat there with a little lamp, and I was reading my book, and I stayed awake, you know, keeping an eye, making sure everyone was behaving in the, the way that you should behave on a Christian camp. Um, and I could do it because I trained myself not to, well, to be able to go without sleep for sort of, I don't know what the time period is, but basically I could miss a night of sleep and be okay-ish. Um, and then when, when uh, we were having, uh, Megan was having our first baby, um, there was obviously lots of times where I needed to be awake for that period of time whilst the birth was occurring and after actually that was when I realized I'm so weak and feeble because uh, I think I did like I can't remember but basically it took a period of time for the baby to arrive and then after the baby was born it's probably about 45 minutes I lasted and Megan said you need to go home you're not you're, you're talking you're not making sense you need to go home <laughs> so um, obviously we all have our limits um, even specimens as fine as myself but um, <laughs> Sleeping is essential to human life. We need sleep. You know, if you don't eat, you could probably last for about 60 days before you starve to death. That's sort of, you know, a figure that's put out there. For sleep, the record for not sleeping is 11 days. Sleep is more important than food to your body. So the re someone has done 11 days without sleep. But other people have tried it and died. <laughs> Literally, they died. You can only borrow sleep. You can't steal it. If you nick a few hours from your night, God, I need to get up early and do that, you've got to pay that back. Sometime you will have to pay that back. So I'll just practically just encourage you, reverse engineer your sleep patterns. The time that you want to get up in the morning dictates what time you go to bed at night. Otherwise, it's called what used to be called burning the candle at both ends. I'm going to stay up late and get up early, and I'm going to be really miserable and unhealthy. We need sleep. God doesn't. I'm not going to talk too much about it. There's loads of great books. Uh, Liz was reading a really excellent one in the summer last year, so speak to her. I can't remember the name of it. But there's some really great books about sleep and how important it is. If you go for, I think it's 16 hours or something like that, or if you miss a night's sleep, it's like you're drunk in terms of your reaction speed, all of those sorts of things. It massively impairs you. Sleep and Sabbath rest is important. Now, there are two errors that we could fall into. Uh, 
One is legalistic enforcement. Hey, I've got to have a Sabbath. That means I'm not going to do anything on a Monday. So for me, Monday, that's my day. I spend it with my family as best I can. I play football. That's me enjoying God's creation. Um, I could legally, like, be really legalistic and enforce that. Actually, someone's phoned me. No, I don't care. It's my Sabbath. But I've got cancer. I've just found out. It's my Sabbath. That's obviously wrong. Obviously. I hope that's obvious. I'm not gonna, we're not talking about legalistically enforcing these things. Or I've got this really important thing to do. Oh, but I can't do it because it's my Sabbath day. I'm going to lose my job now because I didn't do what I actually was meant to have done. That's one aspect of it. So it's not okay to neglect responsibility. Sometimes it's okay to uh, wake up early and go to bed late and work really hard the whole way through. Sometimes that's okay and that's what work demands. But we just need to make sure that we're keeping the scales balanced, as it were. Sometimes sacrifice is required. Talked last time, you want to be a champion, you have to pay the price. Sometimes sacrifice is required. Or we can choose to not engage with this. I'm not going to take out any time. I am going to burn the candle at both ends. And I'm going to make myself ill, potentially physically, maybe spiritually. And if I think if we do these things, if we do that, we can end up self-medicating. Now, if you're lucky, your medication will be box sets and food, chocolate, you know. That's, our. Oh, I need to sort of make myself feel good or recoup something. I'm going to binge a box set and eat some ice cream or something. If you're lucky, that's what your, your self-medication will be. If you're unlucky, it will be alcohol, something more serious, drugs. It's easy to fall into these things. If we're not looking after ourselves. What the world needs to see is a group of hard workers who get the job done without sacrificing their health. That's what the world needs to see. Man, such a hard worker, always hitting their targets. How are they spending time with their family? If you honour God with this, he will honour you. He will bless you. Proper rest trains us to be humble before an almighty God who never sleeps, who never slumbers, who never grows weary, who is inexhaustible. It trains us to trust that inexhaustible God so that like Jesus did, we can fall asleep when there's a storm raging around. He gives sleep to his beloved. Jesus is in a boat with experienced fishermen and he falls asleep because he trusts God. True rest and true Sabbath, though, these are good practical things maybe, but true rest and true Sabbath is only found in Jesus. Hebrews 4 talks about there remains a Sabbath for the people of God and a rest to be entered into. And that's the true Sabbath. We can rest from trying to obtain the favour of God. 
It's already been said this morning. We don't have to work for his favour. Jesus has worked for us. We can look forward to a time of true Sabbath in the new heavens and the new earth when we get to enjoy the presence of God without ceasing. We can rest because of who God is and what Jesus has done. When Jesus lived a perfect life and died a sacrificial death for you and me, and then raised to life, that is credited to us. The righteousness of his life is credited to us. We can work and work hard because of the power of God flowing in us. And so we're going to respond now by just praying and asking God, not just praying, we're going to pray, just praying. God, Matt's going to tell me off for that one. Um, <laughs> I've definitely been there at the training. Um, we're going to pray, we're going to ask God to help us, to help us if we need to learn to rest. Do you need to learn to rest? Do you need to learn how to sleep in the middle of a storm? Learn to trust God, learn to rely on him. Do you need a fresh filling of the Holy Spirit so that you can work hard without being busy, labouring with God's strength? Do you need direction from God? God, I've got a job, but I don't know what I'm... <laughs> Is this the right job for me? I don't know what work I should be doing. Do you need direction from God? Or do you just need rest from justifying yourself, trying to prove your worth to Jesus? So we're going to pray now. Uh, you might want to hold your hands out like this if you want to receive from God. I'm going to pray for us and then I just encourage you, don't rush away. There's going to be a prayer team over by those doors over there. If you know I've got a problem with busyness, I'm busy all the time, then come and get prayed for God, give me wisdom. Pray one-to-one -one with someone or two-to-one. Get some other people to pray for you. Let me pray for us now. Father God, I pray that you would remind us again and again of who you are, that you're the one who also made stars. You're inexhaustible. the strength that you can supply to us is inexhaustible, that we can labour with the, the energies of God through the Holy Spirit. I thank you, we need, we are created beings. I thank you for our creation. I thank you for the way that you've made us so fearfully and wonderfully, that it's amazing the way the human body works, that you've built into us a rhythm of needing sleep, that every time our our head hits the pillow, we should think, I'm a created being. God made me and I'm reliant on him. I'm reliant on him to, for me to wake up in the morning. So Lord, I pray we would learn to rest well in you, that we would be able to sleep in the midst of storms, that when difficulties are around or when there's a flurry of activity around us, we would actually be able to go, I trust God. I trust him to that my work is good. I trust him that he can, he can sustain me through this. 
I trust him to say, actually, Lord, you need to step in and do this. It's not about what I can do. Lord, I pray that you would come and fill us afresh with your Holy Spirit. That we would have fresh energy, fresh zeal, that we would be hard workers, that we would model that, that the work that we do, it would be a direct reflection on how good you are. That we would know we're worshipping you with every uh, strike of hammer against nail, with every uh, sort of shift that we do, with every lesson that we teach. We're honouring you, we're worshipping you. Pray, Lord, I pray for those who don't know. They're in it, maybe they've got some work, they've got a job, but they don't know. God, I know you've got something else for me. I pray you'd make it clear, Lord. Provide direction for each individual, Lord God. We ask this through the name of your son, Jesus.